With the Planet Fitness Black Card, you don't just get a great workout, you get a great perk out. Because your membership is packed with perks. For $1 down and $24.99 a month, you'll get perks like access to any of our 2,400 clean and spacious locations. Bring your friend anytime and both work out with tons of equipment that'll give you that big fitness energy. Relax in the Black Card Spa and more. Work out and perk out with the PF Black Card. Join for just $1 down and $24.99 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal ends Thursday, August 10. See Home Club for details. Marco Hoyce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hoogstown for Anthony Modest. Royce. Hey, welcome back to the BVB podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver, and thank God uh, where we are, the weather is fantastic today. Because uh, if the weather, I mean, Carver and I are feeling. We're both a little bummed out. We're both a little... I don't even know if we're really motivated to do this episode. But hey, it looks great outside. Uh, Cover, how, how are you doing, man? I'm holding up all right. Doing all right, despite the heartbreaking result from Saturday. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Yeah, it was a rough weekend all around. It really was. I won't get into everything because I'm learning to not talk too much about another soccer team because this is a Dortmund podcast but uh on that note there was a fun watch party that I missed but a certain uh someone who lives in St. Louis who is in reference to what I was just talking almost alluding to uh was hanging out at the watch party and before we talk about the match and what a bummer that was uh I want to shout out the Amsterdam Tavern Brucia STL our local supporters group and uh, the watch party that they had at Amsterdam Tavern, and Carvella, you like mentioned that, talk about that. I was planning on going. I had something come up on Saturday and I missed it. Uh, I did not miss the game though. What a bummer. And it would have been way more fun to watch with friends. I assume, I assume it was maybe a good time despite the result. Yeah, it was still a nice time, obviously, getting everyone together. Um, there was a, just a whole lot of things going on outside of the game. Lutz von and Stiel was there. Uh, for those of you who are outside of the St. Louis region and are not familiar with the sporting director uh, of who he is for St. Louis, he's also obviously a Bundesliga commentator. Uh, catch him usually like every three games or so max. He's doing a Dortmund game. So he was there hanging out with us. We had... Uh, an official partnership with Dortmund. So they had a giveaway with signed jerseys from the entire team. There were two or three jerseys that were signed by Weidenfeller, a lot of hats, um, a lot of great merch. Uh, I didn't win anything, unfortunately. Nathan, I thought we had talked about this of rigging the, uh, the raffle so I could get a signed jersey, but that's all right. Um, and they also, I didn't even know, I, I don't know how I didn't hear about this part, but they also had a um, a fundraiser for an animal rescue here in town. Uh, Nathan and uh, his wife, I believe, were the ones that put that together. So they raised over $500 for that rescue. And um, the animal rescue said that they paid for all the bills that they needed to pay for for the puppies they were uh, working with, which is great. So 
small little dub, I guess, yeah. <laughs> for uh, for Saturday. But yeah, I mean, overall, it was a great time at the bar. Yeah, and then I know uh, like our homies in Brooklyn, the Bruce in Brooklyn guys had a big old watch party uh, out in Brooklyn, of course, ban- at Banter Bar and a lot of watch parties everywhere. Unfortunately, uh, not the results. I-, I feel like I'm just rambling and babbling because I don't, I'm, I don't know if maybe I'm like subconsciously putting off talking about the the match. <laughs> Do we just want to jump into Twitter questions? No, we should probably talk about the match. So you want to get started, Carver? Uh, of course, yeah. we're Bayern coming off the Bayern 4-2 defeat. Someone did ask me uh, later in the day, like how the match went. And I was just like, uh, not great. I was like, it was 4-2. to two. And as I even said the result, I was like, granted, we got Dortmund got two goals. That doesn't really reflect how the game went at all. Uh, which four two is bad, anyways. But like, you know what I mean. Like, even the two goals <laughs> saying it felt yeah, they were like they it was were very better. flattering, and it, it the two goals. Yeah, I guess cushioned the blow, but it was pretty bleak, unfortunately. And before I even get into the lineup, I just want to talk about just the mentality leading up to this game. Uh, I'm not alone when I say this time just felt different. I, it was the first competitive quote unquote dare classicer, which I'm not even going to use that term anymore. I'm, I just we've seen so many times now how this game has panned out but uh in terms of the table in terms of the squad on paper the storyline leading up to the fixture our firm form for virtually this entire calendar year so far all pointed to this game just being different Tuchel obviously having what maybe three two or three training sessions as new head coach of Bayern they're pretty uh, discombobulated the, at the moment. They're Bayern are questioning themselves, of course, from top down. Dortmund on the on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, uh, near perfect record for three months now. Just it was all leading up to this historic game, and you know hope maybe a, an opportunity for Dortmund to reach even higher up the table and and continue to assert their uh, dominance for the calendar year. But just a total total gut punch. And a heartbreaking game to witness, unfortunately, and that's that's what I've been spending the last few days recovering from. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so much positivity going into it, I, and I think that the sad part too, or maybe it, it's just the cause and result of the ten years of Byron's dominance. But like listening to other people talk about this match, specifically, I listen to the Gig Impression podcast with Manuel Veth and uh, Ste- Stefan Bienkowski. Uh, if mm-hmm. I said that right, um, and and even they mentioned it like going into this match, they're like, we want it to, we want to be more excited, but we still like realistically, it doesn't seem like Dortmund's gonna win. Like there's still like this little chip that's like, yeah, like yeah, the table looks nice and everything, but it's like, do they actually have it? And well, watching we this thinking- game, it it was like, man, we're still so far off. Yeah, we're all thinking the approach was going to be different too, which in recent times, I think our approach has been different going into Munich specifically. Terzik stated in a pre-match press conference, we must courageously seize our opportunities and show a different face tomorrow than we have in recent years in Munich. And I foolishly latched on to this quote with so much hope, just clinging on to it, thinking, you know, time and time again, one of two things happens, goes into Munich. We either are just complete dog water from the start, from the jump, or... We do come out courageously and play well for 10, 15 minutes, and then we collapse whenever Bayern score against the run of play. And unfortunately, again, pretty almost predictable because everyone everyone is pretty nervous, even though, you know, the conf- the massive confidence booster we had right before the international break 
it just, it was, uh, it was almost like clockwork. And, you know, we started confidently, quick ball movement, uh, won some dangerous set pieces. We won a corner within the first 45 seconds. But yeah, right. We'll get into that goal. But just right when that went in, just completely collapsed. Do you think the international break hurt us in this like instance? Like if the, maybe the, the break w- did a little more harm because obviously the guys went off and had to focus on other things. And then it's almost like too much time to think about it out of the flow. Uh, and may- maybe that was not the the problem, but a hindrance in, in some mm-hmm. way. Yeah, it's a bit multifactorial, but also too, I think we rushed some players back into this game and evidently uh, Schlotterbeck going off in uh, th- in this game late in the first half or I think early in the second half, one of those two I'm not remembering now. But either way, yeah, you're just you're throwing in these players that we thought were good to go, but I guess that really wasn't the case and we were just wanting to you know, use every resource we could to try to get a result out of this. And unfortunately, yeah, just, just didn't really pan out. Um, do you want to get into the goal real quick? Uh, well, let's run through the starting yeah. lineup. And real quick, before we really jump into the match too, I just want to shout out uh, all of the listeners. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us every week. Of course, with the international break, we we took the the week off. And Carmen and I were, were texting quite a bit because we were just seeing like the numbers pour in as far as listeners. And like we just had March was our, we probably only, I think we only did like three episodes. Um, and March was our highest listening month by a long shot like so thank you just it's crazy like i don't know carver and i we, we say a lot but if you are new like we just kind of started this just to talk dormant i wanted to t- talk dormant with someone and have someone to watch and talk dormant with it's kind of why we started this and uh yeah it's it's just been crazy so the numbers have been insane really uh especially as of late and i've been saying that a lot lately but like it, it just keeps going up uh, maybe everyone's lost hope after this match and maybe <laughs> we're going to get like two listeners and maybe it'll just be me, me and Carver listening back to this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this comes out. We'll see. But uh, really, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, this is Dortmund. It's it's the ups and downs. And I think there's still a lot to look forward to. Um, we might talk about it a little more, but like obviously a lot was riding on this match, but I don't, it doesn't mean the season's over. Um, and sometimes these matches that even though it seemed like a big, championship match like this isn't this is not the day that decides it like there's still a lot of matches to be played um so hopefully that keeps you uh wanting to follow Dortmund and, and hanging around but yeah again we, we really appreciate it yeah very sincere thank you and and what's even crazier is last month it was and we had Adam on of course and that was a great episode but uh the other two were just us so <laughs> we didn't have any other guests on and the numbers still rose so yeah very sincere thank you to anyone and everyone that spends an hour or less of your time with us it's always um, nice to get the engagement from the fans we talk about that all the time um but yeah let's um wait you didn't say the lineup yet excuse me let's let's no yeah let's let's get into the sadness which the lineup i mean this is kind of what we expected and you you said maybe rushing some guys back i think there was a lot of optimism before the break we even talked about it in the, in the preview it's like we might have brant back looks like royce is going to be back coble is going to be back and i don't know if if the, like you said, rushing them back, maybe they weren't correct, quite ready. And I wonder if like the staff was kind of feeling that too. It's like, if we, like we need these guys back for this match, let's just, let's get them in there. If, if it's at all possible. And, and yeah, I, I mean that, that was 
that gave me a lot of the hope going into this match too. We talked about it like, oh, France back, great. Royce is back, great. Kobol, awesome. Um, yeah, but so lineup, <laughs> we'll jump right into it. Unless you got anything to add. <laughs> it, it's it's the exact lineup that I should have uh, tweeted out the day before, but uh, it's 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 honestly the exact lineup I would have went with. Um, which so you had rear center, excuse me, Kobol back and goal, rear center left. Schlutterback and Sule as our two center backs. Wolf is right back. Uh, Chan is our single pivot in front of him. Jude and uh, Royce. Excuse me, Jude and Guerrero. Why am I, and then Royce was out on the left. Brant was on the right. Halaire up top. So we're rocking a 4-5-1. Uh, of course, it uh, fluctuates, and it definitely fluctuated in this game when it all went wrong, and we'll get to that. But that was the shape that we started out with, and uh, that's exactly how I would have went with uh our lineup as well and, and shape and everything. I know Royce and Brant had really forgettable days, but given the form that they were in beforehand, Brant being the focal point of our and heartbeat of our attack for virtually this entire calendar year so far, I, I and it obviously too, if they got the clear from the medical staff, which maybe that might've been a little bit uh, faltered, I, I would have uh, given them the go ahead as well. Um, I'm just going to start with a question because I mean, it's something I'm asking myself, but I appreciate your take. We also, we got to, I'm not going to jump into the Twitter question, but there's a, a Twitter question that direct, just direct was directed at hundred percent Carver. And if you just value Carver's opinion more than mine, that's totally cool. Cause I do too. Like I, I'd, I'd rather hear Carver talk, but I noticed it was like, oh guys, I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> but Carver. Do you, so I guess we we haven't seen like Royce and Brandt and Guerrero in there. Like Guerrero j- just moved up to the midfield with pretty much Brandt and Royce like in the time that they were absent. Do you think this caused any hindrance at all or like was it I don't know. I I just when you see those kind of like partnerships in like positional shifts, I feel like it can throw off what you had been doing before. And I don't know if that played any any part in. Uh, granted, like I mean, the the game was a complete collapse um, because of other reasons, and who knows what would have happened like if Guerrero was playing left back. But I just don't know if those little ch- like change up ups kind of caused a little disconnect. Well, I think those three can definitely play together, and and we've talked about it a lot before, but they all link up with each other very very well. Uh, going back a few years when we had Sancho as well, when he was pushed up the wing and Guerrero was still uh, at left back. Uh, Guerrero, Sancho, Brent, and Royce would just all link together very well, play off each other very, very well. And I think that's what we're kind of going for here. But of course, you're going to also very lack a lot of pace. Uh, Royce being the age he is, Brent's got some legs in him, but uh, him and Guerrero both aren't the fastest. So, Obviously, you're going to have that, you're going to lack that width, you're going to lack that pace. And I don't think that was the determining factor, at least in attack. But yeah, I could see how that just maybe wouldn't work against Bayern right now, just um, especially with just them coming off of injury as well. I don't think they had a lot of time to kind of work themselves into uh, a good steady ship going into the game. But uh, either way, again, started confidently, moved the ball pretty well. Uh, I was still just very skeptical those first 10 minutes because I was like, yeah, we are playing well for sure. But I even said out loud at the bar, I was like, Byron are going to score against the run of play. And then we'll see how this team responds. That's whenever the test will actually settle in and you'll get to see the true Dortmund of today come out, whether that's going to be good or bad. And 
harmless ball over the top from Ubamakano uh, comes over their back line. Koble's horrendous whiff aside, his positioning and decision making in that moment was just appalling. And when he came out of his box, he came out of his box in a similar situation just 15 minutes later as well. And it's just, it's just beyond me of how he came to that decision to come out of his box like that and leave yourself vulnerable. Um, again, that ball is not going to get to, I think it was Coman who was making that run. Um, it's not going to get to him. So just wait at the top of the box, scoop it up. And of course, then you have position and you can build out of the back. But to come out and, and just leave yourself exposed like that was just, it was just schoolboy stuff. I had, I had no idea what was going through his mind. Yeah. And obviously this is like, he's coming back and maybe part of the blame is just the adrenaline and the hype and the, the pressure of playing in that stadium uh, because it's Bayern and just how many fans are there and just our performances there in the past. I don't know if all that pressure kind of leaned into this decision because I mean we talk about it all the time I think it was there was a tweet uh, before the match about how like underrated Koble is and how like he's our player of the match so many times and he always makes great saves and he always seems like he he has the right like he's making the right decisions like we we love Koble so much and I'm not gonna let this like dishearten my views of, of Koble at all um, but I think maybe the pressure, especially just coming back, kind of got to him. Um, and I don't know if, if you watch any of the replay or like highlights or anything, but the announcers were saying the same thing as far as like, why did he come out of the box? Like there was no chance of the Bayern player player getting there. He could have just waited at the 18 and waited for the ball to come to him. Um, and I don't know if just like feeling too amped or too much pressure, he thought, I need to run out and get this. And again, it just, it made it more concerning for me that he did it again a few minutes later. I could almost understand if you go out and you just, and you just had a complete brain fart of you're like, oh man, I don't know. I was just going out to clear it and I was trying to be the next Neuer, who knows. But again, just a few minutes after that, you repeat the same mistake. And I'm, I'm all for people making mistakes and learning from them, but that's the point. He didn't learn. So to have a howler like that in a game like this. I, I get, you know, having that once a season or so, but this is also the second time now, uh, going back to the Berlin game in the fall, where he had some questionable uh, decision-making as well. And, I mean, just that first goal completely shattered Koble's confidence. And despite that being extremely disappointing circumstances to be in, uh, given how well Dortmund started this game, you're only down 1-0 and have been the better side for the last 12 minutes. And the players knew that what was at stake uh, in terms of the table, they had this massive confidence booster right before the international break. You pick yourselves up, you weather the storm, and you don't concede another stupid-ass and easy goal uh, just after that. But sure enough, Byron go on to score not one, but two goals in the next 10 minutes. And by the 23rd minute, it's game over. And again, just appalling given how much we talk about the mentality of this team. And you thought these last few months, you know, rallying the troops, Terzik being at the wheel, 10 in a row. I thought, I thought this was kind of behind us given, you know, two, we have, we have, we have a good amount of leaders in the squad. Uh, the veterans aside, players like uh, Jude Bellingham too. I, I was, I was just appalled to just like, you know, his, his head dropped as well. I, I, I just, it's just stupid mistakes. And, 
you know, the, I think it was the second goal that we conceded, if I'm not wrong. That was the 13th goal that we've conceded in build up this season alone. And it just goes to show you how much we completely imploded and defaulted back to pre-World Cup Dortmund form within just not even 10 minutes. And again, just appalling stuff. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to add, except... <laughs> <laughs> and, and it kind of touches on Chris's question. A shout out, Chris, from the Borussia STL group and also the City Supporters group. When he asked, like, um, you know, what, what are we looking for in these leaders on the squad and the, uh, the veterans not stepping up and doing their part? Here, I, wanted, I don't want to misquote him here. I got his question. Uh, the old guard has shown that they don't have the mental toughness to deal with adversity, especially regarding Bayern. Does that make them more likely to move on from Royce and Hummels in addition to Guerrero? Um, I mean, Hummels wasn't on the field, but yeah, Royce had a had a pretty forgettable game too. And you'd expect him being the captain to rally the troops. Again, weather the storm, stabilize yourselves, pick yourselves up. Uh, Terzik said in the post-game conf- press conference that it was not a time for finger pointing, but a time of raising your, ha- your hands and responsibility and taking the game by the balls, and actually going to Bayern. You know, you started the game well. You're only down 1-0. And just showed that childlike mentality of just going back to, again, pre-World Cup Dortmund form. It was just it was just shocking. Yeah, and these are the games and the moments that you expect, like, your leaders to step up, which I think is... I mean, it is extremely discouraging, and it's... It makes me question, like, I think I still have some optimism moving forward, and, and we'll get into that in the previews a little bit later. Uh, but like, those are the moments that make, I don't, don't want to sound like cliche or like stupid, but like that makes great players into, I don't know, world beaters or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But being able mm-hmm. to step up to the occasion, like that's what you need to win titles. And if our leaders aren't doing that and can't do that, then yeah, then it makes sense that we haven't beat Bayern in 10 years. And it makes sense that like we haven't won a trophy in a while. And we had won the Pokal a couple years ago, but like that's what we need from those players specifically. And I know it was talked about, it was asked to Chan after the match about Bellingham specifically and them kind of like uh, talk, not yelling at each other on the pitch and like leadership qualities. And I know Bellingham's young, obviously, but like you are a, the third captain. You, you need to like keep Keep your head on your shoulders and and be encouraging and be motivating. And then yeah. Royce, like you'd expect him to lead the team too. And like how the the first goal was conceded, obviously it was terrible. But that is the perfect opportunity to be like, no, guys, we still have this because it was a mistake. It wasn't like it wasn't because they got beat. That should just be more motivation to kick it into another gear to get back into the game. And then after that, you, that's you kind of saw the collapse already. Like we immediately like went into our shells. We immediately were playing very timid and, and, and scared. And like, I don't know, it was just and, fell apart and, after that. And though, again, this is just like, though, that those are the moments. These are the games where you need those guys to step up and it just didn't happen at all. And it didn't help either that. Of course you're playing against Bayern Munich, the champions for the last 10 years. And they act like champions. I've said it for the uh, preview of the game as well. Second, that first goal goes in against Kobel. They smelt blood in the water and they grew in confidence within seconds. And they knew exactly how to go for the jugular. That's what separates a team that comes in second, third, sometimes fourth every year from a team that actually consistently goes for the title. You go for the jugular. You don't let up. You don't take your foot off the gas. When you have that confidence, you build upon it. 
and you just keep going and keep keeping the pressure on. And that's a, it's just the complete opposite of what Dortmund did. Again, fell completely flat, looked at defeated looking. Uh, Muller mentioned in the postgame um, comments with the media that he noticed some players around him in Dortmund just dropping their heads, uh, pointing fingers at each other. I mean, in terms of uh, mentality aside, from just the footballing aspect, we dropped so deep too and just allowed acres of space for them to make these quick switches of play. And uh, it just, it, leave, it left Chan outnumbered in the middle. He, there was no way he can cover an entire, you know, uh, side of the field by himself. And uh, whenever we did win possession, we were completely dumbfounded with the ball as Byron collapsed on us. So it, it, it was just, it was just so much happening at once. And Terzic reacted too little too late too to really uh, make any sort of changes in the, in the shape of our game. But I mean, Byron, even with their confidence aside, again, just completely continued to exploit those, those areas of space that we let them into. You know, you, you watch us in possession in this game and we would try to build up from the back, wouldn't work, and we'd lose it in a dangerous area. If we get into the middle third, we'd pass it around here and there and try to find some meticulous kind of answer, wouldn't work. And the second Byron win possession, there's just so much space for them to use. And they would break on the counter, beat us with pace. They were lethal and continued to just outclass us. And it, and it fucking sucks to say, but it's it's just the hard truth at the same time. And, and it, those are the things that you just need to try to tackle as a coach. And uh, it's it, it doesn't just come down to Koble. It, again, it despite him being out of his game, you know, you don't take him off. That only makes things worse. But you just you get everyone else. There's ten other fields players in the field. Rally them up and 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 go back and you don't even have to score immediately. You know, that's I think that's another thing that we try to do too. Is you know we go down against or one nail against Bayern and an unfortunate goal against the run of play, and we immediately put ourselves in dangerous positions to concede again rather than just taking a second to breathe, stabilize yourself. Uh, you know, you know, have a good collective shape about you so Bayern can't just play right through you again like they did, and and go back and score. You know. However many minutes it takes, it doesn't need to be immediately or an immediate response. Excuse me. And I think Muller even said it too in that same interview. Um, how like Dortmund were on top of him like the first ten minutes, um, and so like we had every opportunity and every chance to again get back into it, push. Of course, like Byron's going to be pushing a little more, but it's like we, we were in control. We could have just taken control back, uh, but we, we let them have it essentially, which is, again, just plays into everything we've been saying about the leadership and and just the frustration of it. But I want to go back to Chris's question um, with old guard, new guard. Um, obviously, I mean, Royce is still the captain, but he is older. And we've known this, like, not phasing him out, but like the, a, a transition of power, I guess, if you will. And same thing with Hummel. So looking at who who's in our team now, do you see anyone like as an emerging leader Bellingham is an obvious choice. I know today, and it's probably more because uh, as we're recording this on Monday, and it's because of the result of the match, more things are going to heat up, and there's a lot more talks about him going to Liverpool, and I don't want to talk about that <laughs> really too much, but I guess besides Bellingham, do you see any other like emerging leaders? Like the, for, there, There's guys who I would want to be a leader and step into this new guard, as yeah. Chris is saying, uh, but to you is there anyone who like stands out to you like and show 
actually shows those qualities because there's guys that I believe need to step up, but I don't know if I see those qualities from him necessarily. Uh, first of all, I want to say that Bellingham's not going to go to Liverpool if anywhere. There's no way in hell that they meet our asking price. And uh, to be honest with you, I think I think he stays one more year. And I've been saying that for a few months and pundits are starting to come around to that. But anyway, emerging leaders, I think player there are a handful of players that have leadership qualities. And we've gotten some veterans here this past summer. But do they have the leadership qualities? I mean, Sule, I don't think so. He said himself... Um, when he had interviews when he was signing that he's not the most vocal player on the pitch. I think Hilaire can have those qualities for sure, especially everything that he went through. Um, I'm not I'm not by any means putting any blame on him, but I, I thought he was going to be more of a figure in this Bayern game given he's gone through so much. And, you know, this could be something that he can, you know, showcase to the rest of them of being an inspiration. But unfortunately, that didn't really pan out either. But He's still got a, a long way to go in terms of, you know, building back himself back into professional football. Um, Rearson's got some, uh, obviously he's got the grit in him. He's vocal as well. Uh, Chan is, is uh, a veteran and it's also can be a leader. Um, I mean, other players, it is, it is pretty disappointing. It's just, it, which is why Chris has a valid point. We need to continue investing in not only just these young ballers, but players that can actually go and grab the game by the balls. <laughs> And, uh, and be an, a leader and influence others and not let their heads drop. Uh, Jude is, of course, a prime example of that, but it doesn't stop there. So, yeah, I mean, the, the people who stick out who I, I guess like I, I want them to be this next, if like say if there's a, like a new, like a leadership, uh, not com- community, a leadership group, uh, like a leadership group next year and who really needs to step it up. Like I put Brant in that category as someone who, He's he's like a little older, like because we it's like we have some super young guys, and then we have I, I mean we we have a few middle of the road too, but it's like older older guys. So where's this transition coming from? Who can step up next year? Brant is one where I would say like this guy could be that, but I don't know if I see those qualities. It's just like yeah. how long he's been playing, uh, his age, uh, how he's been playing this season. Like I want that from him. Koble is another one where I because he is so vocal, he is so loud. Like where I could also see that too. But then I also I got questions about cap uh, like captain or leadership guys in in the back, which is a, a St. Louis topic also. But uh, like or in in goal, um, holding the armband or something like that. But outside of that, like Schlotterbeck is Schlotterbeck is in there too. Um, but it's like these are all guys. Rearson, I see that. But these are all guys where it's like I want them to be this to step up, but I don't know if if they're ready or if they will. And it almost makes me feel like we need to bring someone in who, who to fill that leadership role and to really get us there. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, I think Coble's a good shout. I think he's obviously he's got some leadership qualities in him. Um, another player you mentioned Schlotterbeck. Uh, he, I think he's someone that leads by example rather than being another vocal player. Um, but I mean, it's not like he's quiet or anything like that. So yeah, Schlotterbeck's a good shout too, but, Definitely could be something that we want to try to keep in on the back of our minds when we go into the transfer market for this summer. Someone that, again, can rally the troops. Uh, I wanted to touch on just a f- few more things here, the buyer game, and then we can move on. Um, pretty equally miserable second half, unfortunately. Switch to a back three. Again, too little too late with the changes from Terzic. The, it was pretty much GG's in the chat at that point. Bayern pretty much gave up and knew that they were going to win, so they stubbed off Muller which kind of allowed us to get back into the game slightly. 
I'm not even going to say really back in the game, but just again, emphasis on the slightly. It's doing a lot of the heavy lifting there, but big apology to Malandino. Uh, he was our man of the match, in my opinion. He's been on fire these past few games. Uh, he's really the only one that tried to make things happen in this second half, in my opinion, and just didn't give up. He had that tenacity, which I, you know, he's always had that tenacity about him, but he just didn't really have the quality, I guess, to um, go and net some. And he had a good finish, too. You know, we were talking about him shooting right at the keeper. That that was a solid finish for him. So, uh, you know, props to him for stepping up when really no one else was. And especially a player like him when I, you know, if I would have looked down the bench, he'd be one of the last few players that I would expect to actually come up and try to prove himself in this game. So, you know, again, props to him for trying to make things happen and, and um, having a good finish. Yeah, what a game to do it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I know think, I think he deserves some time here going forward. We we have talked to throwing him under the bus quite a bit and written him off so many times. And every time he's gotten a start this season, it's like, why God, why is he still starting? But I mean, he must show so much in training, which is good. Like that, I mean, and now it, maybe it just took longer than than we hoped. But if he if now he starts to emerge, then great. Like <laughs> we need it uh, clearly because although we we've been super hopeful over the last those 10 games and everything it's like clearly there's still another level we need to hit um but hey well yeah i don't know <laughs> I, i've said i don't know i've ended my phrases with i don't know so so times this episode <laughs> you're good <laughs> just how i feel just blah. i don't really know either honestly i've, I've, I've <laughs> tried to wrap my head around this game for a while and there's just and there's just so many things you could talk about just why we continue to have this mental barrier against Bayern. I actually wanted this. I saw the stat just before we started recording and it was uh, the few teams in the Bundesliga that are, I guess, top 10 teams in the Bundesliga that have gotten the most points from Bayern in the last 10 years. Gladbach are at number one with 29 points and you got Leverkusen, Hoffenheim, Augsburg. Notice how I haven't said Dortmund yet. They're in fifth. We've only had 13 points from Bayern in the last 10 years. And I've been someone who's personally said, which, I mean, it still has definitely some truth to it, that every year in the last 10 years, you look back, you know, come April slash May, you look at the table and you're like, wow, we're only a few points behind Bayern. Imagine if we didn't lose against Bremen at home, or we didn't lose against some bottom level team uh, that wasn't, you know, not an easy win, but for sure is hella winnable one. But now, you know, you got to look at the other aspect of it of, you know, if you if you if you actually get results against Bayern, you're still neck and neck with them. So both of those things can be true at once. And it's coming more and more evident that just we need to get out of this mental block when it comes to playing at Bayern. Uh, And it's and it's not just even really trying to uh, go out and get a win, but just not collapse after 15 minutes. I mean, even. Even uh, two years ago, when we went to Bayern during the during the pandemic, and it, and it was you know, no fans, we had two goals against them in the first twelve minutes. It was Holland and I think uh, Hazard, either one of those two. I know both of them uh, scored, but they also like were assisting each other as well. And you could still feel we're going to still lose this game, even though we're two 0 up twelve minutes at Bayern. They're going to come back, and we're going to somehow get mentally weak, and we're going to become fragile. We're going to settle in, take our foot off the gas, and it's exactly what happened. So mentality unfortunately still a question mark with this team and even though it was a very harrowing game 
and an extremely disappointing result given that we were in first for two weeks now. It's not the end of the world. We're only two points behind them. We still got a good month, month and a half of football left. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, well over a month and a half of football left in the league. Two titles to go still, uh, go for still in the league and the Pokal, which is this Wednesday against Leipzig. Going back to Bayern, mm. just harp on it a little bit more. I think the first step is obviously like, yeah, there's like mental block, whatever. Like we need to get over this thing about beating them or like competing at Bayern, but I think the first step is like being able to beat them at home too. Yeah, it's 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 usually the most narrow wins at home, if at all, or we tie or lose at home, and then we go and get battered at Munich. It's it's pretty much like clockwork. Well, I mean, earlier this year when we tied them at home and it was at the death, we got the tie, and like, of course, we we celebrated like a win because the the fashion of the win, but it's it was still like we were trying to claw our way back into that game. And that's, it's like, we need to, that, that's almost like the first step. It's like, if it, this is going to be a real, if we actually want to compete against them, it's like, we need to do our business at home. We, we can't just settle for a draw and let that be the good result at home. And it's like, we're not even there yet, uh, which is, I think the, the bigger bummer than just getting battered at Bayern is like, we, we can't even beat them at home. And that, that's the first step. And when we get to there, then it's like, okay, maybe we're moving in the right direction. Not to say that we haven't made like positive moves the second half of the season. We have, obviously. But it's like, if we want to compete against Byron and prove that we are, we can be their direct competitors, like that, that's the first step. We got to do our business at home. That's a really good point. Yeah. And hopefully next season, we could actually have a calendar where we're not playing Byron in April. Or at Byron in April, excuse me. It's it's. I think we've had at least three seasons in a row now where we've been at home first and then away in the second leg. And it's it's. I'd much rather have it the other way around. I think we got to earn that. We got to earn that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Take that yeah. into account with the scheduling. <laughs> we can get into. Were there any other Twitter questions we need to hit before we like do previews or? Well, I was going to do Leipzig and then do the Twitter questions. Perfect. All right. Yeah. So Leipzig. Uh, Wednesday, Pokal, as you mentioned, uh, 2.45 Eastern time. It is away at Leipzig. Of course, we've split with them this year so far. So, yep. I don't know. <laughs> I, I still just, I guess, wrapping up the, not Bayern talk, but just talk in general and moving forward, looking ahead now. I Even though, obviously, this was a terrible result and we're all down and we're, we're sad, it doesn't like crush my hopes for the rest of the season still a lot of football to play and i if if the guys can bounce back mentally and we can just kind of keep on doing what we've been doing i think we still have a good shot to compete the rest of the year obviously this this match is pokal so it's it's different it's not it's nothing to do with the league uh now we're, we're back to playing on a wednesday which i think we've obviously played better when we've had those like weeks off or full weeks to to prep for our bundesliga matches uh, which is going to be the tough part especially coming off this Spiron game on the weekend, but I I still have confidence that we are still a good team, and we're able to push forward and and get a result here. I think our I know we we lost we got tore up uh, the first half of the season when we played at Leipzig the first time, but given our our last performance against them and how we've been playing, taking the Spiron game out of it, um, I think we should go into this game with a lot of confidence. I think the players should, and. I'm hoping that they're motivated after this last match to to show that we're still Dortmund from 2023. 
and not dormant of 2022. Yeah, I wouldn't maybe use the word confidence, but I would definitely say it should be motivating that they can and should bounce back against a team that's absolute trash. And I'm not even talking about the recent fixtures. I'm talking about just in general, Leipzig are trash. (laughs) But yeah, let's talk about the fixtures. Leipzig have not scored in three games now in uh, all competitions. They were battered at City, which it's City, whatever. But then they came back and lost against Bochum in the league. And then they lost against Mainz in the league. Were shut out three games in a row and have lost four of their last five matches in all comps. One of them being against us in the league when we got our 2-1 win over them. Um, of course, Slaughterbeck, uh, we haven't touched on it yet, but Slaughterbeck has been ruled out indefinitely for the next month, probably month and a half. Because again, we rushed him back in with the uh, knock that he picked up in the international break. Now it looks like a torn muscle fiber, which is very unfortunate. Him being such a massive part of our defense, that's a huge loss. Hopefully Hummels can step up and earn his extension here. I think he's been wanting to have another extension here going into the summer, and this is the time to step up and actually earn him and also earn his salary too. I retweeted a few weeks ago uh, the top 10 or top 12 earners in Dortmund, and Hummels was up there, so... If he wants his paycheck, he's going to have to step up here and uh, you know get some good results going forward because we have a lot of games left and very two very important ones as well. After Leipzig, we have Berlin at home, and that's another team that's in third, if I'm not wrong, in the table. So huge games. Uh, we also have Adeyemi that did not play against Bayern, which I'm kind of glad that he didn't play just because, again, we're not rushing him back in have a few more days to rest. Hopefully he's fully good to go because he's also been massive before he came out. Uh, what about a month ago now? Bringing on, of course, his he's really picking up form. His pace down the left-hand wing instead of the right-hand wing has been huge for us, drawing a ridiculous amount of fouls in dangerous areas, scoring goals, setting up crosses too. So I think Adeyemi being back is 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 huge. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm really excited for Adiyemi, uh if we actually see him, which I, I don't think he's on the injury list anymore. Like, I think he is going to no, go. No, he was he just, on the bench against Bayern, okay. so he's, he's good. Okay, I missed that. I'll be on it. I mean, I obviously watched the Bayern game, but after they scored the third goal, I went and took my dog for a walk and then kind of came back and finished the match with whatever time was left. And I was, uh, But here's me being a fake fan again, yeah. <laughs> not even watching matches. Uh, but I, I yeah, I kind of missed that. He was on the bench. Uh, so yeah, that's that's great, and I would expect to see him get the start. Like I expected, to change up the lineup, um, and in the start. So hopefully he's just can can step right back into the the form he he left us on when he ran out of his butt, literally. And Mukoko um, is back as well. I yeah, thought he I actually see- showed a little bit in the Bayern game. I didn't talk about him much, but I mean he offers a lot of energy. Uh, he's you know, he's small, but he's physical. And of course, he's a great finisher as well. So I'm pumped to have another attacker here available. Um, I, I think I think we can bounce back. I think this is obviously a huge test for the team to come back and uh, try to get a result after such a harrowing day and set on and, uh, um, Bayern, excuse me. But I think we could do it. Uh, Malin, again, uh, is, with, is picking up form. I think he can maybe be a big help for us as well. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2 1 us again. Just to, so I don't say the exact same thing, I'll go 3 1. Going big. Um, typically, I would be like given their, I know their run of form isn't great, but I've never liked playing a team after a loss because 
because that just gives them the motivation to bounce back. But they, <laughs> there's a lot they need to bounce back from. Yeah. Um, but given where one of the, the teams that has played them recently, I feel like that's even more of a like a mental barrier for them. Because um, the last five matches, it was we beat them, and then they they beat Gladback, and then the last three, as you mentioned, City. Bochum and Mainz, they all lost those ones. But they, they beat Gladbach, but five games ago, they played us and they lost. And I think that just gives an extra, like, maybe they're thinking, <laughs> of course, this is me just projecting and hoping. But it, it's like, oh, this is a tough game. This is a tough game. Like, they need a bounce back game, but this is going to be a tough one to do it. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, this gives me more confidence and I'm not as scared. Like I said it before the Bayern game, obviously, it's just Bayern in general, but like, it's especially playing Byron coming back from a loss, like they're going to want it a little more and it's going to be that much more difficult. This one I don't see as much just given their, their running form in general. Um, yeah, I'm feeling just me, just confident Jake over here, ready to have my heart broken, but I'm, I'm feeling good, ready to move no on. No question about it. I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for the, the pain. We talked about this so much during our, our win streak. Like we had so much confidence, we're like, bring it. it we're probably going to be devastated this weekend, but I'm still confident, and that's kind of how I feel. I'm still that the ten game win, still win streak, still like is uh, has me feeling good. Uh, and then, I mean, yeah, Berlin is going to be a tough game, um, and we've kind of split the last two matches with them, home and away. Uh, but we got them at home, and again, I think if we can just brush off the Bayern result and realize the task at hand, which is to perform and hopefully just win the rest. Like there's still, there's still such a good chance to win the league. Um, obviously we need some like Bayern results to go our way and we're going to be having this back and forth if, if we play our best football, but there's still a chance. Like I don't, I think the, my biggest takeaway and my biggest motivation or encouragement to everyone, all of our listeners and, and dormant fans is just like, we still have such a good chance. Um, and that Bayern game, that was not the chance. That was not the, a cup final. Like that didn't determine the, the league. Like, and there's still so much to play for. So, yeah. Do you want to knock out a few Twitter questions before we get out of here? Yes. Uh, Badger Hopper, which we talked about this already, but I'd love to touch on it again. He said, with Schlotty missing a month at minimum, do we really want to put Chan back in the line of defense? We finally moved him into a defensive midfielder role where he thrives. I know we're limited in options, but is there anyone in the BVB2 that we can elevate? And I don't think, uh, for these two games, I don't think Koulibaly is up to standards for these uh, for the Pokal game or the home game against Berlin, unfortunately. I think Hummels is just, that's just his slot at the moment. Um, if, if I guess if really need be, uh, Chan could slip back and and Oz Chan could take over as at six. But at the same time, I, just like you mentioned, uh, Chan has been thriving in that uh, DM position right now. So I don't think you know if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Which it's broken the back line. But again, that's a that's a position for Hummels. And also, I'm really surprised that it took till April for this to happen. I think we knew in July that. Man, we're only going to have three center backs, like three yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for three competitions, and we're trying to go for the league this year. So, I mean, really impressive that it made it. We made it this far before one of our center backs picking up a big injury. Um, so that is something, and and we'll talk about this after the season ends about who we're you know who we're personally feeling that we should maybe go for in the summer. 
but that is something that we should be definitely investing into is just the back line in general. Not only with Ben Zabaini, which we talked about already, but some few other people, which I'll get into later down the line. But uh, Southampton, if anybody watches the Premier League or specifically lower teams in the Premier League, uh, Belek, I call him Ketchup or Kochap. He's a young center back for Southampton, previously at Bochum, played in the Bundesliga and, and played well in the Bundesliga. Uh, Southampton look like they're going to be going down at the moment. And if that's the case, they're obviously going to need to make some cash. And I think that's where we could easily step in and grab them for maybe cheap and have a very solid young center back, in my opinion, that can that is obviously proven. He's got some size to him. He's got some pace. Uh, he's only 21. I think that could be a solid buy to, again, just keep reinforcing or bring in reinforcements for that back line because it's, yeah, it's pretty insane that we only have three center backs right now in, in, in the position that we're in. Does it Too hurt? D- does it hurt seeing a Kanji at City getting a lot of minutes? <laughs> uh, it is. It's, it is. I don't know if it's hurt because I just, I didn't, I guess, personally care too much that he left just given because Schlotterbeck is phenomenal. Um, but uh, I am surprised that Akenji is getting as many minutes as he is just given how many great center backs they have at City. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time I just see him play, I'm like, oh. well, I mean, early on when I saw him like starting and, and stuff, I was like, hmm. You're a mistake. And then he's just like performing solid, like solid. I'm like, man, dang it. <laughs> but yeah, I was very, I was very like against a Kanji. Like my thing was, I think maybe pull the tape, but I, it was more like he was so unmotivated to play at Dortmund. He was so yeah. done. And that's what seeing his lack of motivation really made me mad. So I was kind of like ready to get rid of him. Uh, but yeah, now that he's performing and whatnot, I'm like, oh, man, but, but uh, when you have to, a world class oh, center yeah. back around you, uh, like you know Ruben Diaz, or you also have a world class DM in front of you of, of Rodri, that's of course going to make you look a lot better than you are. Which I'm not saying he's been bad by any means, but uh, to just it's it's just going to be a lot more stable overall, and you're not going to be needing to sprint back and save everyone else in your back line like you was for us. So yeah, and then to quickly answer, I'll jump in on <laughs> this was the question that was directed only at Carver, so maybe I shouldn't answer. Maybe I should. Maybe I should uh, just subside. But no, I was going to say, obviously, Koulibaly, we've seen him come onto the bench, but I don't think he's going to come start. I don't think we need to drop Chan back because he's been playing so solid in that D-mid position, which will only help our center backs, which is, I think, the obvious answer is Hummels coming in. And we've seen a lot of rotation throughout the season in those center back positions, whether it's Schlotterbeck and Sule or Hummels and Sule or Hummers, Hummels and Schlotterbeck. And I haven't seen too much drop off when that's happened. Like I've, I've, I've preferred seeing Hummels and insert another guy. Like I think we've get, gotten pretty solid performances with Hummels in there as a starting center back. So I, I have no opposition to that. And yeah, I think just keep Chan where he's at, which only helps the center backs. I think, I think it's just Hummels form has just dropped off a bit on the other side of the world cup, just given, cause he hasn't been given too many minutes, but yeah, he was in terrific form in the fall. Absolutely. So I'm hoping he can maybe rejuvenate himself to get himself back into that sort of fitness and form uh, for this next month or so. Cause yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's, he's going to be crucial in this, in this lineup. Uh, last one here from Chaz shout out Chaz. Great talking with you on Saturday. Uh, he said, we have to upgrade from Volf at right back. If we want to compete with world-class teams, play teams, right? I think his match rating might be a little bit generous for how overrun he looked both with and without the ball. 
Chaz, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on this one. <laughs> I think in the modern game, Wolf is basically everything you would want in a fullback and or wingback if we choose to do that system. I mean, he's got the pace. He can go up for, or he can go up uh, high up the pitch. He's, he's dangerous in um, uh, an attack as well. He's someone who can track back. He's got the work rate. Um, it's also someone that we didn't really even touch on for the leadership qualities as well. I mean, he's someone who just breathe, lives and breathes Dortmund. So, I mean, he's, of course, it's in his core identity to give himself, give everything 100% for the team. So, um, I mean, should we look at another right back? Absolutely. Munier, it looks like to be out the door. I really don't know if we're going to invest in Moray at this point. And if I'm not wrong, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, Paslak's out the door too. So, should we invest in another right back? Yeah. Again, the whole back line needs investing in the summer, but I don't think there's really a need to invest in someone, I guess, that's going to be better than Fulf at the moment when we have other gaping holes to address. Yeah, I completely disagree. When I saw this question, I kind of laughed because I freaking love Wolf at right back. I love it. And the first 10 minutes of this game when we were playing well, he had so many amazing passes. And we, we've been seeing like, I don't know where... we. I think we talked about Wolf at the beginning of the season as a player or like, I'm like surprised that he's still at Dortmund. Just his redemption um, arc, you know? Yeah, and it's because we, we, I think I, I sp- like whatever I said was something along the lines of like his ceiling. Like, I don't know how high his ceiling is. I think we've kind of seen it. And I feel like he smashed that like at right yeah, back. Like yeah. he's, he, his right back ceiling has been way higher than what we've seen before. And it's been great. Um, so yeah, I love Wolf and I love, I just love him at right back. But there's still this part of me where like, He's not really a right back. And obviously, now it's like this conversation is like, all right, let's put Guerrero in the midfield because he's playing mm-hmm. good there. And now Wolf's a right back now. And it's like, is that the best approach? Or do we invest in guys that like they are specialists in that position? And then you also, I mean, maybe forget that Rearson is obviously he can play left back, but he's yeah. a right footed guy. And he can be that starting right back say if we bring a, in a Benzabaini and, and so is, is that the question is like do we get another left back and then Rearson is then the starting right back because I also I feel like since he's pushed to the left we've seen less from him um, and there could be a lot of factors to the drop off too it's like maybe he just yeah. started really hot uh, but that that's that's another scenario it's like Wolf is playing right back because Rearson has been playing on the left um, and although we've been getting great performances, like I don't want that to take away from what Wolf is doing because I think he's also in that position. But there's this weird, like, hinge that it's because Rearson's going out left. Um, yeah, it's it's very much in a transition phase for a lot of different just positions in general in this team right now. I think we're still trying to figure out, like, okay, so which I'm not saying that like we don't know our best eleven, but just what are the players that were, or what are the roles that we're trying to mold these players to be? Yeah. But to wrap it up, I love Wolf right back, right back Wolf. Me too. I, I don't think he had that bad of a game. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about just him kind of getting cooked at times, it, it's not exclusive to him. Everyone else in that back line got cooked and Wolf on the ball. Wasn't that bad, bad either. So, all right. Any other questions or any other thoughts? We wrap in. Let's get out of here. Let's all go finish up a good cry and get ready for Wednesday, y'all. Yeah, Carver said, we both kind of said we would be fine with doing a 10-minute episode. And we almost hit an hour, so 
<laughs> same thing. Hope you guys same hope thing. hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you again so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you reach out if we uh, just say hi. Let us get to know you a little more. Uh, usually after matches or when we record, we always ask for some questions so that you can be part of the, the podcast too. And also you can DM us, follow us, say hi, Twitter and Instagram at the BVB pod. Um, if you haven't done so already, if you listen on Apple podcasts, you want to leave us, leave us a nice five-star rating review. I'm going to go back and check. Cause I always ask for these and then I don't really do anything. But if you leave us a nice five-star review, I will give you a shout out on the next episode. So I'm going to shout out five star reviews, and then maybe so Spotify you can't leave a comment or anything, but you can also I, leave a. I, it looks like you can nowadays. I've been noticing you? that you could put little replies on the episode, but only we can see them. So, oh well, maybe if you can do that, I'll shout those out too. Or you can leave, just leave a review. Getting, we've just been getting a bunch of shit comments in the past few months, and you, we're like, well, it's <laughs> weird that no one said anything. <laughs> <laughs> You've been hiding them from me. Uh, yeah. or you, if you want to say something nice on Spotify, leave a review, screenshot, DM us, and say something nice. Also, if you have something mean to say, uh, that's fine too. Just DM us or email us and then we'll have some banter. Uh, I don't know. But we appreciate you listening and we will be back probably next week after Berlin to recap Leipzig and the Berlin match. And Berlin, yep. See you later. Bye.